Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! Time to win the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. They win the World Series four games to one. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I'm your host, DeRitt. With me is our head writer, Mr. George Sutherland. George, what's going on, man? How you doing? Not much. Just uh, very happy that the Sox took two out of three in Chicago. So, Hey, I sit there and I love... When we take two out of three, it's not as good as a sweep, but it's just as good, especially when we're trying to catch that last wild card spot there. But uh, today, George, we have a guest coming on from the Salem Red Sox. He is a pitcher and going over his stats this season and his career are impeccable. Yeah, they're, so, they're impressive. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring him right on here, Mr. Jonathan Brand. Hey, what's going hey, on, Jonathan? Hey, how are y'all doing? So, Jonathan, hey. first off, I want to sit there and say, looking at your stats, you know, your career stats, the stats for this season, they are very impressive. Uh, and man, how do how does a guy like you get those stats? And the confidence it builds going in every time you get called to go to the game. Um, well, thank you, first of all. Uh, and I would say it's probably more of a, a mindset thing than anything. I'm, I'm not, like, out there trying to strike out the world or anything like that. It's really just all I'm trying to do is win a baseball game. And so college, I uh, was a starter. And so obviously as a starter, like, you try and go as long as you can and just – try and give your team a chance to win and the role I'm in now is more closing ball games and so it's definitely a more intense role but um I love it and it's just all about just trying to keep that lead and winning the, winning the baseball game yeah uh you went from the University of Miami Ohio uh starter and now you're pretty much the closer uh most games what is the transition like uh going from hey this is this is my day. This is my spot in the rotation to, oh man, we're, we're up, uh, you know, by one run. I, I, they gotta get, I gotta get this call. I got, I gotta get in there. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, it took a, took a little bit getting used to, especially in spring training, getting used to the recovery aspect of it and throwing 
on maybe just uh, the next day or like two days rest or something like that. And so took a little bit of time getting used to that. But uh, to be honest, I mean, it, it's it feels pretty almost freeing a little bit. I don't have to worry about like saving my bullets or anything like that. And so it's, it's nice to just go in there and let it eat for an inning and get out of there. Uh, I'm kind of curious, Jonathan. Uh, what is the walkout song? Uh, it's uh, uh, Iron Man. By, awesome. Uh, I think by Black Sabbath. Yeah. Black Sabbath. yeah. Uh, awesome. It, it, got, got it. It's most people when they come in, especially you know in the majors and even when uh, I've been at AAA and stuff and seeing them. The the walkout song kind of sets the pace. For like for the rest of the inning gets you in, in, into it, but not only I've seen uh, some places just erupt like the crowds erupt, what because they know the songs playing, who's coming in. Uh, can you sit there and tell us about a time when you know you're, the song's starting to play, you're you're coming out of the bullpen, and just the the crowd's just electric. So I, I wouldn't say it's really happened at home too much, honestly. Uh, there's there's a time in, in Myrtle Beach. Uh, we were down there and I think it was the first game of the series. And so they get a pretty good crowd down there too. And the, they played Thunderstruck by ACDC. And so any kind of like rock song like that Mm -hmm. kind of going. And so I was, they they were playing that song and I came in in the 10th inning. So we do the runner on second base rules and stuff. And we had just scored in the top of the 10th. And so I had to, shut it down but the crowd was getting loud i could hear the music going loud it was it was getting me pretty pumped up and it was it ended up going well for me i got out of there and didn't get then the guy didn't score or anything so it was it was a good outing oh so draft uh you got called uh the eighth round back in 2022 uh was you ex- like what team if you don't want to answer, you you know, what team would you prefer to be drafted by? What was your childhood uh, team? And what was it like getting getting that phone call? And who would you contact first? Uh, preferred, I would have taken any of the 30. Uh, I just wanted to play professionally. Uh, growing up, I would say I was about as diehard of an Atlanta Braves fan as you could be. I was from Georgia. The, the 2021 World Series year was, was pretty fun for me. So... But uh, and then first person I contacted, I was with my parents and my girlfriend when it happened. So mm-hmm. I, they were they were standing right next to me when it happened. So it was not like I had to call anybody, but um, it was definitely a surreal experience. It was kind of a hectic experience as well, but uh, it obviously was awesome. Uh, what was it, what's it like the transition pretty much of college? You know, you're with the same group, same core people, you know, for the whole season to getting called to spring training and then, you know, having to work your way up the ranks. Uh, people get injured, people getting called up, sent back down. Uh, what's it like for uh, trying to get Karama uh, gel together with your teammates? Yeah, I mean, it, to be honest, it's not totally different from what you would be like with your college teammates. Uh, we have a a really good group of guys here in Salem, uh, especially in the bullpen. There's a, four or five of us that hang out pretty regularly and a couple of the guys are starters, position players as well. But 
Um, spring training was definitely a, a little mind blowing when you first get there and they send you out to the backfields and you're stretching with 60 other guys at the same time. All, everybody's trying to throw at all the same times and it's uh, definitely a hectic schedule, but uh, it really, uh, it wasn't too much different because I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's just playing baseball and so it's what we've all done our entire life. So um, I wouldn't say that part took too much adjusting. I would say getting used to the schedule is a little different. Um, but other than that, it's uh, pretty, pretty similar. Hold up, my roommate My roommate is uh, Brooks Brandon, by the way. So, that's it. you, yeah, I mean, LD. Hey, you hey, doing, you, you sit there and, t- and tell Brooks that uh, we got him next. Yeah, so. yeah, that sorry. was a hell of an introduction, by the way. Sorry, nice sorry, to meet you all. sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's my. No worries, man. No worries. Yeah. Sorry about that. Hey, you you can pick your uh, you can pick your 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 friends, but you can't pick your roommates. Is 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 that the way it is? Yeah. Yeah. I got I got stuck with the eighteen year old. It seems so. It's just. (laughs) I love him. He's a good dude. He's he's loud. Uh, George, you you have anything you want to ask? Sure. Um, now you had the opportunity to um, go as a graduate transfer to go to Auburn. Is that correct? I yes. mean, that that's all. That was probably all part of that donut hole, which was COVID. So, uh, you want to talk about uh, you know the, if that played into your decision at all when uh, you had drafted in the eighth? Um. Yeah. I mean, it was a fantastic opportunity to to go to Auburn, be very close to home. Auburn's about. 30, 45 minutes from my hometown. So it was going to be a great opportunity, but I knew uh, if I heard my name called uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the draft, I, w- I was going to take it. I, I knew that I, I wasn't looking for big money or anything like that. I was just looking for the opportunity to play at the next level. So, and Auburn was aware of that before I committed there and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Now, wh- how did the, when you, when you got down to the spring training this year, how do they approach you uh, with respect to, you know, it, it, instead of being a starter, uh, being a reliever in the, in the case of closer, how, how they how they approach you on that one? Uh, to be honest, uh, they didn't really say anything to me. I didn't I I didn't know what I was going to be doing until uh, they uh, put it put get started putting guys on starter rotations during spring training. And I wasn't one of them. And so I just realized that meant, all right, I'm in the pen and that was the way it was going to be. But I, I mean, I love it. The pen. It's, it's, it's a new challenge, but it's fun. So cool. Uh, well, the pen, uh, I, I always prefer when I go to Fenway to sit behind the bullpen uh, because I love watching uh, and listening to the, to what goes on back there, because sometimes it can be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I watched Joe Kelly, you know, two or three straight sunflower seeds in the cup. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen the triple A team play some bocce ball. Uh, what, what type of games do you guys play? What do you guys do out there to, uh, you know, keep you guys busy? Uh, I would say really for us, it's, it's more just, uh, conversations more than anything. Every once in a while, we'll, we'll spin a cup onto the ground and then you try and spin the next one in, into it and, that's really it's it's a lot harder than it sounds and it, it takes just about the whole game for somebody to actually be able to do it 
Um, but more than anything, it's just fighting off the seems like thousands of little kids that come and ask for a ball mm. every second of the game. I mean, at one point we just started, we, we took a, a PVC pipe and drew the word no in the dirt <laughs> and point at it uh, because we had just said no probably 50 times already that day. But uh, yeah, more, more, more than anything, it's, it's conversation. It's also kind of tough, especially being down in like a lower affiliate. It's our bullpen is more Latino than anything. And so it's a lot of the, a lot of Spanish. And so the, they, they kind of joke around a little bit more than I would say that the Americans in the pen do, but it's a good group down there. We all have fun. Yeah. Those, uh, those kids, uh, I took my kid up to Fenway park uh, for his first game uh, way back in like 2017, 2016. And I told, we were sitting right behind the bullpen and of course, his eyes get big because he sees them. He's like, "Can I ask for a ball?" I'm like, "You can ask for a ball now, but once the game starts, don't bother them. They're at work." I said, "They don't come to you at your job, then bother you, so you don't bother them." Well, he just he just sat there the whole time. All these kids are coming up. Uh, he ended up getting the Drew Pomerantz warm up ball and the Koji Yorohara warm up ball That's because cool. he just sat there, you know, and and the, the catcher out there was, was just amazing. He goes, you, ra- you raised a great kid. And I'm like, no, I, I, I just, this is your job. Don't bother you guys. And I wish more parents would be telling their kids that because it's, uh, it's pretty funny. But if we get a, excuse me, sir, or please, we'll usually give one out. But most of the time it's, yo, can I get a ball? And we just have gotten to it. We don't even respond to it. So. Yeah. George? Yeah, I, I, I you, you, you point. This is your job. This is what you do. Um, you know, I mean, you know, kids love baseball and all the rest. But I mean, at some point, they have to realize that this is what you do for a living, and you know, to distract you is, is not a good thing. And you know, I know when I took my, you know, when I took my kids to the, you know, to the uh, the, the Red Sox or even the, you know, when they they played in. Pawtucket and AAA and Portland and AA, you know, it's like, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to bother the guys, you know, they're playing now. If we get lucky enough and somebody gives you, you know, signs a ball. Great. If not, Hey, that's okay. There's, there's, you know, somebody else is getting an opportunity. So yeah, I, th- I think it's good. And you're right. I think more parents should have that conversation with their kids. Yeah, for sure. So Jonathan, you're kind of, you're kind of stuck with the, I, I won't, okay. I won't use the word stuck. But you're kind of living with a, you know, one of the catchers. Yeah. Uh, so you guys get get to build a good relationship. Uh, how important is it to you to build that relationship with your catcher to be comfortable enough to trust his judgment, uh, especially closing out games? Yeah, it's definitely a, a big part of it. Um, him learn what you like to throw and when you like to throw it and stuff like that and. Yeah, I would say it takes a couple appearances together to really understand the, the, the gel and the mesh and stuff like that. But there's a lot of conversations that happen and we just kind of talk about things that like I know that I like or another guy in our bullpen likes or one of what what one of our starters likes or something like that. And so it's uh it's definitely nice to just be able to walk across the, the room and he's there and we can just talk about whatever we want. So 
you you don't have to pick your roommate, but who's the who's the who's the uh, the bond you have as a catcher, and who is your preferred catcher? Uh, you know, bottom of the ninth games. You know, you guys are up by one. Um, so far, I mean, Brooks, he just got here very recently and I haven't even had a chance to, to throw to him yet. And so I, I couldn't, I would say him, but I, I couldn't cause I haven't even thrown, to him. but, uh, we have a guy's name's, uh, Inderso Lira. He's pretty good. He's, he's kind of been our, our one, a catcher. And I'd say Brooks is probably our one B now that he's here. And so he does a good job back down, back there calling games and he's caught me almost all of my appearances. And so he really understands what I like to throw. And I'm a pretty off-speed heavy guy. And so he understands that. If there, if there was a pitch that you would love to add in your uh, arsenal, uh, what would it be? The weirdest answer I've got so far was from uh, Maceo Campbell with his Vulcan changeup. Hmm. So, and, and I haven't heard that for, you know, forever. But what would be something you would love to add to your arsenal? Uh, to be honest with you, a couple miles an hour on the fastball wouldn't hurt. <laughs> but uh, I would say uh, we've really been working on my slider a lot this year. Um, I came into spring training, and it was kind of more of a, a loopier pitch, and we really developed it into just like a, a shorter and harder slider. And so that seemed to work a lot. So I'll just honestly say just more consistency with that and just being able to have more confidence with that pitch. George? Yeah, any of the guys on the staff um, kind of you guys work well together in terms of, hey, he's got you know he he's he's got a good changeup, uh, you know, or he's a little bit better, you know, with a couple more miles an hour on the fastball. You, you guys you get along with somebody and kind of like they you push each other a little bit, or yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I pretty much have the same throwing partner every day. I throw with a guy named Caleb Bolden pretty much every day, and I know what his stuff does. He knows what mine does. He he can, if I do something and catch play and he sees it, he's going to tell me. If I see something with him, I'm going to tell him. And so we, we know how to cue each other pretty well, and that just comes with, uh, like, constant repetition and stuff like that. And we were even having a conversation in the bullpen, a few of us down there. We were trying to help a guy with a slider grip, and we were just showing him all of our slider grips to see what might feel comfortable in his hand um, and just so he could try it out next time he played catch. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what exactly, uh, when you first came to spring training and then, you know, you, you went into the season, did anybody kind of like take you under their wing, be like, Hey, you know, uh, I see something I like, let's work, let's work on it. Or just give you some basic advice. Uh, to be honest with you. And it was a pretty cool situation. I got myself in, um, I went to this Bible study during spring training with a couple of guys in our org and a couple of guys in the twins org. And one of the guys who happened to go to it was Garrett Whitlock. And oh. I had me not, not knowing who he was. I went up to him. I was like, Hey man, nice to meet you. I'm Jonathan. He said, Oh, I'm Garrett. I was like, Oh, or, uh, wh which org are you in? Cause there's a bunch of twins and Red Sox guys there. And he's like, Red Sox. And I was like, okay, cool. Same here. Uh, I was like, where were you last year? And he was like thinking he was like an affiliated player. Yeah. He's like, oh, I was in Boston. Like, oh, okay. But uh, he, uh, he's a real nice guy. He, he was probably my favorite big leaguer that I met on uh, on our roster. And he kind of gave me some advice, gave me some pointers about spring training. It was it was very nice to see a, a big leaguer not 
feel like a guy who just gotten drafted was below his level or something like that to talk to. And so it was, it was cool to meet him and get to know him a little bit. Yeah. That's something I always enjoyed uh, when I talk to people, I'm like rehab assignments. Like, do you guys all, you know, pick, pick their brain? Do you sit there and ask for advice? So they help you. And I haven't heard anything bad about anybody that's come down on a rehab assignment or, you know, who's been sent down that they're not helping other teammates. They're not trying to work with them and, and get them to where ultimately everybody wants to go the show. Yeah. Yeah. It really seems like everybody's helping everybody. Um, it could, there's like a bunch of guys in the org, like just all, we all pretty much watch each other's bullpens during spring training. We all watch each other's lives. We're all pumped up for each other. Um, we, there's a bunch of guys I'm still in communication with that are in double A or that are in high A or something like that, that they're always checking in on me. I'm checking in on them. So it's, it's a good relationship that we have with a lot of guys in, in different affiliated levels in the org. Uh, what, what question I always love asking because uh, Maceo was, was someone that he's always was pushing for up there in Greenville. Uh, batting practice for pitchers. <laughs> they're doing well. <laughs> What what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, on a hey, why can't we get a couple of reps here for on some BP if we're doing so good? Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, it would be awesome, and it's a ton of fun when when we do get to hit BP. But I don't think that will ever happen just because they're too scared that one of us will do something to us. Just trying to swing and hit the ball way out of the park and none of us can probably do it, but it's, it's always a, a fun question to ask it. Hey, if we get a couple shutouts, can we, uh, can we uh, get batting practice and that time without a doubt. So. So uh, let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. What do you like to do in your free time? No, no baseballs, just, just you and whatever you want to do. Me and whatever I want to do, um, if it's the summertime, I, I love going to the lake, sitting there on a little float or something in the water or driving around on the boat. Um, I would say that's that would be my big thing. And then if it's wintertime, probably just – I'm a big movie guy. I like to watch different types of movies and stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, I would say either going to the lake or just relaxing and watching a movie or something like that. Top three movies of all time. What are they for you? Oh man, putting me on the spot. Ooh, hmm, I'll have to think about this one. I'm a pretty big uh, Christopher Nolan fan, the director. So I'm pretty excited about this new movie. It's coming out, but uh, ooh, I think I'd have to throw The Dark Knight in there. Okay. Um, I think I'd have to throw. Oh, that's so tough. Um, maybe Inglorious Bastards. I think that's a really good one. And then the third one. I don't know if I could give you three off the top of my head. Those are probably my my top two. I'll give you two. I don't know if I could. Okay, I'll I'll take two. But but now with the uh, with the Dark Knight, I'm gonna have to ask you, in your opinion, who's the best Batman? that ever played i i think christian bale oh you're not a fan of that one i i'm i'm more of a i'm a little bit older than you okay so 
I, I, I've got to go Michael Keaton. Okay. Yeah, I mean, those are just the ones I like, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, do you what, what do you like to do family time wise? Uh, you know, you, you, you're going uh, home, you know, during the during in between series, you're you're going home, you know, in the off season. Uh, what, what all do you like to do there? Uh, I would say my family loves to go to the lake as well. Um, we that's pretty much what we're doing. And if we have the opportunity um, and to be honest, we love just watching baseball. That's what we've what I've kind of grown up doing. It's what my dad grew up doing. And so we're definitely a big baseball family. And so um, that and we like to uh, we like to go out to eat and just find find good things to eat and stuff like that. Um, usually once off season, we'll probably take a, a small trip somewhere, something like that. We like to kind of go explore something and go, go somewhere we haven't been before. Man, how sweet would it be? You know, you, you get called up to, to the game and you, you get to close out your first game and it'll be against the Braves, you know, your childhood team. Yeah, that would be awesome. It, it would be a, a lot of fun. Um, not sure. I think my dad would have had trouble picking who he's going to cheer for for a minute, but then he he definitely. <laughs> he, uh, I, I, it would be awesome. I, I'm definitely, uh, hopefully, looking forward to that one day. George, if you weren't playing baseball, what would you be doing? Um, I think I'd be a physical therapist. Um, I was oh. kind of the degree I was going towards. I have a degree in kinesiology, um, from Miami, and so. Would have, would have had to make the decision if I wanted to go to a couple more years of school or not. But uh, I think that's what I would have probably ended up doing. Excellent. So, okay, Jonathan, we're going to sit there and uh, we're, we're going to wrap this up. But I always have a, a great question I love to ask. We're going to go hot tub time machine. Okay. You can go in any time, any era of baseball, and you bottom of the ninth, you're on the mound, who do you want to face? Ooh. I mean, I feel like I I think Barry Bonds is the best hitter of all time, so I, I, I would want to say him. I think give me give me the best one. Uh, let me let me see what I can do. But uh era, I would say I'd probably want to throw in the, the steroid era, just best on best on best and, and see what happens. So I I like no, I, I sit there and I, we get a lot of Barry Bonds, you know, answers, but it's like he's technically stat wise. He's the best. You know what I mean? It, pitchers didn't want to face him. You yeah. know, he got, he got walked, you know, way more than what people do nowadays because of what he could sit there and do. So I, I love that you, you don't want to, you want to step up to the challenge and, you know, go right at him. Mm-hmm. So, George, you have any final questions? Uh, just one. When you were growing up, uh, who what, did you ever try to model yourself after a pitcher, or who was your favorite pitcher growing up? Uh, favorite pitcher growing up, um, I would say it probably changed as I got older. Um, I would say it started with Greg Maddox on the Braves. He, he was uh, pretty impressive to – I wouldn't say I watched a ton of him when he was on the Braves just because I was so young, but seeing the old videos and all that stuff and 
learning, uh, I would say, to pitch from him and learning how to how to hit the corner or mix your pitches and things like that. Mm-hmm. I would say, honestly, as a recent, um, I do the the hesitation in uh, quick pitches and stuff like that, um, kind of mm-hmm. like Stroman does. So I would say in high school, I started picking up on that and, and implementing into that implementing that into my game. Super. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, thanks for sitting there and uh, giving us some of your time and stopping by. Uh, We hope to sit there and build a relationship like we do with everybody else and uh, follow you along in your journey. You know, when you get called up to Greenville, we would love to sit there and talk and, you know, so on and so forth. If you're be willing to come back. Yeah. That sounds, sounds great. I had a a great time on here today and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to sit there, and, and who knows, maybe you can sit there and photo uh, photo bomb, video bomb uh, uh, yeah. Buxies, uh, if we can get him on. Yeah, I'm sorry about that one. That's, that's just the 18-year-old in him, I guess. <laughs> All good, man. So, hey, uh, do you want to tell everybody where they can uh, hit you up at or follow you at? Yeah, um, it's just at Jonathan Brand underscore on uh, pretty much any social media site. Uh, I think it's all the same wherever you, wherever you Twitter, Instagram, uh, I, don't, I guess Facebook too. I don't get on TikTok or anything like that. But uh, well, I don't even know how to use TikTok. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just Twitter and Instagram are my two main ones. So so well, th- thanks a lot, Jonathan, for stopping by, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Take care, man. Man, George, there we were. You know, we sat down uh, with Jonathan and, you know, it's a great, I enjoy starters interviewing them, but I love interviewing people that, you know, are closers also. Like they're kind of like my bread and butter because they're always, when they come in, it's the high leverage situation right there. And he's, he, you know, from going from being a starter in college, he, he's embraced it. And just mm-hmm. kind of like naturally picked it up. I mean, you look at his stats. I mean, you know, he's you know, he's two and, he's two and one with a point nine zero ERA and a WHIP of point eight five. I mean, you know, th- those are you know th- those are you know video game numbers. You know, exactly. And, and he's just you know he's just kind of yep. Yeah, it's one. That's what they want me to do. I'm going to go out and do it. And uh, yeah, and he's and he's a, you know, he's very kind of down to earth about everything too. So that's yeah, that's pretty cool. So let's get back to the series we that just uh, ended today, or ended this uh, this past couple of days. The uh, Chicago Cubs, you know, we we went and sat sat down uh, and had a great interview earlier. The Red Sox took two out of three. So, uh, what were your a, a couple key points I wanted to go over? Sure. One, let's start with the downer part. The negativity I could not stand when Paxton had his first legitimate bad outing of the season. Like, people were so ignorant on Twitter, you know. I don't get it. I mean, look, every every good pitcher, great pitcher has a clunker, a real stinker, right? This was his. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. When he gave up that bomb to Bellinger, I was like, oh, boy. Okay, well, this is not his day. And then, you know, uh, you know, he just he – was, he was doing great. And then the third inning came along and, you know, 
he just kind of lost it. Um, you know, the other thing to remember too, you know, he is coming back from injury and, you know, he's, he's pushing himself and I'm not blaming an injury or anything like that, but I mean, you know, he's, he was due for something. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, and um, he owned it afterwards. You know, he said, Hey, you know, this is going to happen. And, you know, he'll probably come out motivated as all get out his next start and, you know, look like the past that we've seen again. He's a pitcher. This stuff happens. Every pitcher, every pitcher has a bad one every now and then. And you're right. I, I Twitter blow up. Well, what's going on with him? Is he hurt? Is he this? He didn't have it. You know? Yeah. He simply did not have it. You know, you know, we talked Friday and, you know, when we were talking uh, in the, in the pre-series, uh, you know, I thought that, you know, with Bayo and Paxton up front, we'd be, we'd be fighting to see if we could win today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't see him exiting, you know, after three. So yeah, I mean, he, he had a bad one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bayo, Bayo looked like Bayo. Oh my God. You know, he, he had, he had some small uh, situations that he got himself into, but Bayo, another solid performance uh, today was the shocker. Cutter Crawford, yeah. you know, six uh, shutout innings, uh, nine Ks. And that's, he pitched uh, him. That's, yeah, he pitched himself out of trouble too. You know, he, he it didn't phase him. You know, buckled down, did what he was supposed to. I mean, yeah, that was that that was impressive. And then you know, you know, it came along. Jake did his job. And then Faria comes in and yike, you know. You have to think that this is his, the first time he got called up. You know, we were we were ahead. You know, you you got to sit there and, and give the kid a chance. You yep. know, uh, what, what did you think on what was it game one when they had to bring uh, Kenley in? I, I was. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's let's get through this because you know you may need him, you know, Saturday or Sunday. Uh, yeah, I I I, th- I was kind of hoping that didn't have to happen, you know. Uh, but you know, he comes in, he did his job, and he left. I mean, t- to me, the big story in Game One was the return of the home run ball. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they've they've been hitting him, but they've been few and far between. You know, Devers goes deep twice, and then you know, Casas decides to go lift off and. You know, you know, six home runs. Yu Chang got into the act. I mean, you mm-hmm. can throw six home runs out there, and you know, we're, you know, that's been that's been something that's been missing for a while. You know, the, you know, the long ball. Um, you know, then, you know, then Massa goes off today for you know the, that grand slam. But you tell you they have one of those death by a thousand cut innings. You know, you know, mm-hmm. single here, double here. So they beat out of ground or defense makes an error. You know, bad throw, you know, and then the next thing you know, you know, Grand Slam, have a nice day, you know, we kind of put the game out of reach. But, yeah, I mean, th- this was the return of the home run ball to the Red Sox offensive arsenal. It was nice to see. Yeah. You know? and, and I mean, not they're, only they're that, playing in Wrigley, which is a band box, but, I mean, you know, still, it's nice to see. Not only that, we were able to get a jump start on the second half where we weren't coming out slumping. The bats stayed hot. Yes. And, you know, they kept moving. Um I, I was reading because everybody was complaining about Kike being at shortstop yet again for game two. Uh, but AC sit there and said that Chang's not ready yet to go back to back games. And yeah. I can under, I, I can understand that because 
if he's going to be our shortstop for the remainder of the se- uh, season, we got to ease him, you know, back in because he did just come off the IL. Mm-hmm. But there's other opportunities for people. You can't keep putting Kike there, you know. Uh, Reyes is almost ready to come back. Uh, yeah, they yeah. want him to, to to play two or three uh, more games in a row down there. He started a third though today, didn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah, but but I think they're trying to build his stamina up for yeah. you know play play three games in a row before he can come back yeah. up. So it's like I, I understand, but we gotta soon get away from that. AC told everybody Kike was done at shortstop. Right. Exactly, and. and I get nervous every time I see him out there, and and even at second base, you know. Again, I I think he's trying so hard to prove himself. Okay, mm-hmm. he'll get to the ball. That's not the problem. You know, it's you know you know what happens when he throws the ball. You know, it either is up the line over the over the first baseman's head or someplace where it's not supposed to be. What he needs is a laser guided arm system to put the ball in the glove and. You know, sometimes, and he hasn't learned to, you know, when he makes the great play to stop it, sometimes you got to put it in his pocket. He just, he hasn't learned that either. So, I mean, and, but he goes out and he's out in the outfield and he's a, you know, he's a, he's a terror to the, uh, the opposing team on defense. So, you know, I don't, I, you know, is he playing on a position? I guess now he's probably a better center fielder than he ever was an infielder, but, you know, he came up through the system as an infielder. So, you know, in the Dodgers. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, Masa today went, I mean, he just went off, you know, he, he, he brought, he drove in a, cu- a couple RBIs on that triple. Yeah. Uh, he went and he had that grand slam. So it, Masa, every person that worked for every other, all the, what, 29 other MLB teams that said, that the Red Sox overpaid. Overpaid. Yeah. I would love to know who they are and send them off flowers. Just, just the simple fact is you got to be eating your words now because I think, and honestly, we underpaid for him. I would say if the negotiations happen today, he gets 25 mil on top of the posting, you know, over at least to get started. But I mean, you know, the, the one I'll tell you the one thing that got me when I was watching the game today is in the ninth inning when they brought in the catcher, uh, Barnhart, right? Mm-hmm. Barnhart's throwing meatballs up there at 40-something miles an hour, and he did hit one in the 70s when he, you know, it's like the, had the booth all excited. But, um, you know, everybody else was kind of like trying to feel like, oh, I'm just trying to get survive up here. And, you know, Master took his time and, you know, banged one to right field. You know, it's like I don't care who you're throwing against me. I'm going to get the. I'm going to hit the ball, and you know, he's hitting home runs too. You know, I, the, I had figured him for about 15. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know maybe 60, 70 RBIs. You know, he's 11 home runs now. What 50 RBIs or some or, or, or close? You know, he's going to. He should easily exceed that. Yeah, and he's surprised. He's 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 definitely surprised me. You know, with. When he does, when he does uncoil, it goes a long way. But I think the other thing is, we tend to discount the Japanese league a lot. You know, 
for every Shohei Atani, for every Hideki Matsui, Hideki Matsui, Ichiro, right? There's guys like that are on the um, like the Cubs, Suzuki, uh, Suzuki right? You know, supposedly it's supposed to be good. You know, um, you know it's no different. Than, you know, you draft him. It's no different than taking a kid out of college or a kid out of high school. You know, you think it's going to play well. You know, either they don't adjust well, or you know they figure them out and they can't make the appropriate. You know, they don't make the balanced adjustments going up. Uh, but yeah, it, it it it's clearly that you're right. They've underpaid based on right now. Red Sox are sitting out. You know, this is found money, man. And he, you know, the best part is he's having fun. Mm-hmm. He's always he seems to have a, a, a an unbelievable smile on his face every time he does something good. Uh, seems like his teammates love him. So yeah, and he and he just uh, turned thirty. So yeah, he just had a birthday uh, uh, Saturday. Yes, yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you think George? It kind of negates a little bit when you sign a Japanese player that they have to be they come right to the big league roster that you don't have time to work with them on some on some things. Uh, like as you would develop them through the minor league system. Yes, because they played professional ball, albeit in Japan, they played professional ball for a while. So, you know, when you, when you draft somebody and you take them in the minors, you know, there's that, there's that maturity piece, there's that growing pain, there's the travel, there's, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, people coming and going off of rosters, you know, all of that. Um, I think the biggest jump for them is one is culture. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, a lot of Japanese baseball is played indoors. Okay. Um, so, you know, that, that's a big change. Uh, you know, they're, they're a long way from home. You know, if you draft a kid from California and they're playing on the East coast, they're only three hours from home, you know, as opposed to a 12 hour difference in Japan. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot. Um, it, it's a different style. The good ones, the good ones, seem to be able to make the adjustment, and uh, the really good ones do it well. You know, we just mentioned a few. Yeah. Um, you know, I think coming into next season, the the, the pitcher Yamamoto. You know, he, he he. I think a lot of people are going to take a look at him based on what he did in the WBC, and you know. Yoshida's success. Everybody's going to try to find that next big Japanese signing now. You know, it's a copycat league. You know, everybody wants everybody wants to have the steal. Yeah. So, uh, one of our good friends, Narcisco Crook. Did you sit there and see that the, the first in uh, in Wu Sox history? I did. I was like, the park oh. home run. I, I, I'm watching. I'm like, go man, go, go man, go, 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 go. And he just he just put his head down and went, and that was that was that was a lot of fun to see. Those those were exciting plays anyway. You know, the ball hits and caroms off, and it's just you know if you got any kind of speed, you you're thinking that can I do it? Yes. And then when he finally turned the Jets on for home, I was like, go baby, go. That was yeah, a lot I, of fun to watch. I can't wait to see him this week. I can't wait to ask him about that, and I can't wait to give him uh, his pesky podcast shirt. Oh, there you um, go. That's right. He's they're, they're in Scranton this week. I forgot. Yeah, they're in Scranton. Uh, DC and I are going to sit there and, and head up there. Uh, yeah. Adam hooked us up yet again. 
Uh, I got Theo and Narcisco's their uh, their pesky podcast shirts. So Excellent. for for coming yeah. on and being a guest, and I, I can't wait. It, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm in uh, Wednesday night. I'm at the Sea Dogs game with Deb, so uh, we'll we'll kind of get a second look at uh, Marcelo and a couple of the other guys that uh, you know have come up. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I, I I enjoy the triple A and the double A teams, you know, a little bit better because it's you know they're all out having fun and just doing their job. Uh, I don't have to worry about going on Twitter and you know hearing that the manager doesn't know how to what he's doing. Uh, you know, yeah. It's like it's sometimes that just it really kills me. Everybody's got everybody has an opinion. Um, I think a lot of this is pent up over the last few years where the Sox, the Sox record has been just god awful terrible. Um, mm-hmm. you know, except for except for twenty one, you know, when they just you know came within a couple of games of you know reaching the series again. Um, yeah, this is a rebuild. You know, the you know. It is. It it is what it is. It's a rebuild, and I think the. And I, I said this the other day in one of the articles I wrote. The Red Sox farm system is now an asset, mm-hmm. where you could not say that three, four years ago, right? They were just what you have, maybe one or two players. Now it's an asset. Now that you know, they they fleece some teams for some decent prospects. They've drafted well. Um, they've got some exciting players in the, in their system. Okay. Um, you know, and, and now now they've got other teams go. Oh yeah, I'd like a Sedan Raphael or my squad. You know, or you know, down lower you got Mickey Romero. You've got you know they're not going to get rid of Meyer, and there's certainly was it Roman Anthony down there? Roman Anthony, the Roman Anthony Blight. I mean, you know, they've got they've got some studs down there. Okay, um, you know, the, the, it, it's kind of an enviable position to be in. But you know you don't want to put your you don't want to put your system in the dumper again if you decide to unload. If you're going to unload, it's got to be worth something. So, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's an asset to the team, and it, you know if they play well, it could it could bring them something of real value. Uh, you know at the deadline. But you know Oakland, they've got to go in there at a minimum two out of three. They they really need to go in there and beat them down for a sweep. Okay, they uh, really do. Let's uh, let's quickly talk about the Oakland series because we couldn't find anybody to talk about the Oakland. We both tried, man. It was, <laughs> I, uh, it was, it's, it's crazy because when, when right after I did a lot, uh, sent a lot of those messages, Twitter changed it to where you have to be verified or the person has to change a setting to oh. message people now. Okay. Nice. I'm like, I'm like, man, this is crazy. I mean, I can reach. I can go in the closet and get a paper bag, and I can, you know, be the un, the unknown ace ace commentator if you like. I mean, you know. No, but uh, man, we we need a sweep. Like, yeah. And we we can't even with the bullpen game that we're gonna be having uh, coming tomorrow, uh, and possibly the 18th also. Like, we we might have back to back bullpen games. Yeah, they don't even no. get a day. They don't even get a day off. No, we don't get a day off until Thursday. And usually, you send your starter out ahead of time, right, to go acclimate themselves to the West Coast, and they don't even get that. So, 
uh, yeah, the, 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 this will be a real test, uh, you know, coming out of the shoot. But, you know, Oakland's, you know, you know they, they, they really have to go up and bear down and just say, listen, you know, boys, it's time for a beatdown. Yeah, we uh we do have some. Uh, Schreiber pitched another uh, another inning today. He he, yep. he gave up uh, a home run, and then he went th- three uh, ground ball outs right afterwards. So, uh, hope he's supposed to come be able to come back at the Oakland series. If not, they said definitely the Mets series. So so, and man, I uh I got a great guy coming in to co- help us cover the Mets series. Oh great. This week. So, but man, George, uh, overall, what was your highest point you had in the, uh, in the Cubs series and the lowest point? Lowest point's easy. Paxton's start, you know, it was too bad. You know, we could have, you know, had he pitched like he had been, you know, it could have been very easily a sweep. Um, but like I said, you know, he was due for it. So I'm not totally upset, but it was a low point for me. The, the high point was Friday night when they when they went off six times and, and just and hit you know six home runs because you know that kind of explosiveness in the offense hasn't been there. They've been dinking and dunking in you know the death by a thousand cuts offense of late. You know now they now they put the long ball back in play and that that was really good because you know they're going to need that. You know mm-hmm. summertime's heating up. They're going to need guys to go deep more often. So. You know, it's kind of like a lost art, and then all of a sudden they go off for six, and they got three today as well. So, you know, that that works. Yeah, uh, my, my high point has to be game one, Rappy. You know, yeah, Colin is two. Colin is two on the plane back from the DR too. Yeah, like like, man, that's that's special to see him coming back. Like, okay, I missed the All Star game, but this is what you this is what what you missed. You know, first two at bats, two home runs, like. That yeah. that kid's that kid can shut you down in, in an instant. So um, his, my low, his, his average is starting to climb too. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, my low uh, has to be the defense. Uh, oh. the, the defense. It, we we can't sit there and and lose games by our defense, especially when the offense is doing so well. Yeah, it's like when they start, it's like they can't, they're like a puppy on ice. They just can't stop, you know, and, but today, you know, for example, the defense played very well, you know, Uh, Crawford got up by getting a couple of double plays behind him and, you know, the Chang and Royo second, you know, around second base combination did a pretty good job. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know when Trevor Stories, you know, is supposed to start a rehab assignment sometime soon. Hoping this series coming up. Hoping, hoping this series coming up. That'd be great. That'd be good. I I really wish we we could get Chris Sale there too. (laughs) Well, if they send him, I'm not not greedy, George. I'm not greedy. (laughs) If they send him to Portland, I'll be happy. You know, they they might because looking at the roster, uh, looking at. Woo Sox's roster earlier, they have a lot of people on assignment down there right now. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. We've got Richard Blyers down there. 
uh, laments down there. He's not on, he's not on assignment, but uh, yeah, they're trying to bring him around. Yeah, Schreiber's down there. Uh, who else is down there? Let's see. Valdez is down there. Valdez is down there, right? Yeah, and I think that's you know I think that's the thing is that they don't want too many assignments there. Yeah, so uh, you, you might races in races in Portland, so you know I don't know where they, I don't know where they plan to stay, to to place him. Uh, yeah. my my guess is that it, with Portland at home this week, maybe story starts in Portland because he's closer to Boston. In the event that there's of course, a issue, of course he would. Of course he would stay away from us. I, I'm sorry, you know, it'd be that'd be a tough thing for me, you know. But I'll survive. Yeah. So, but uh, no, uh, I, I sit there and uh, I'm going to enjoy this time this week. Uh, yeah. Getting the the to rekindle some some friendships that, that we made uh, overall, and uh, George. You had a great article that you put out this week. You, you want to give the listeners a, a little uh, tidbit of it? Sure. So uh, this past week, I did a three-part series on the trade deadline. And, you know, I identified, uh, you know, in part one, who I felt on the 40-man roster were potential candidates to go and then graded them one to ten on the likelihood of it happening. Um, and then, you know, I talked about, you know, Who's the most, you know, then who's the most likely to go? And the last part was who'd you go shopping for? Okay. And there were the usual suspects, the Giolitos, the Dylan Ceases. Um, you know, uh, we talked about Tim Anderson a couple of times. I think he'd be a perfect fit and he would, he would definitely say, he would definitely save Trevor Story's arm, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I think we both agree. I, if I'm the manager or if I'm the head, I'm not going to risk his arm, you know. It's, it's like you want him back, you want him hitting. Second base is probably the better way to go. He's still going to play like an animal, but, you know, I, I'm not going to – I don't want him making that strong throw from deep in the hole shortstop either, you know, when he's, he's trying to prove himself coming back because he's got – he's like Chris Sale. He's going to he's gonna try to over and outdo himself all the time. Um, well, you know, well, and I well, even, you know, tossed – I even tossed up, uh, you know, uh, the idea of, of Juan Soto or Shohei Atani, you know, coming here and, uh, you know – other players that might be possibly here. You know, I, I floated the Goldie thing again, you know, mm-hmm. which I, which I well, think would be an outstanding move. What, what did you think about the Shane uh, Bieber talk uh, before he went on the IL? I was never a big Shane Bieber guy. You know, I, he was, he didn't wow me. I was, he's a decent pitcher, but he, it was not like say, oh yeah, we got to, you know, I, I take him. You know, I take a, I take G Lido and Cease before him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, I, I, I he just never was a player that I was, you know, you know, madly in love with to say, yeah, I'd like to have him on my team, you know, but you know, that's one man's opinion. <laughs> uh, last question for you about the trade deadline. If you had to give up six of your top 10 prospects for Shohei, would you do it? Or if you knew you had the in and you were going to throw the money at him next offseason, would you wait, keep your farm system, and throw the checkbook at him next year? I'd probably throw the checkbook. 
because for the long haul, if you emptied your farm system for him, mm -hmm. it's still a rental. You have no guarantee. You'd like to think he'd like to play alongside Yoshida for five or six years, right? Um, and, you know, they, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sox are heavily in on Yamamoto either. Uh, you know, they'd be a tremendous one-two punch in the lineup. But to, to, to only have him for two months of the season and then lose him, and then, you know, suddenly you're missing, uh, you know, Marcelo Maya, Nick York, uh, you know, stock going down, Rafaela, uh, Drohan, Roman Anthony, uh, uh, Roman yes. Anthony Mata, you know, pick your, you know, you know, stop picking your guys, right? And those guys went around and, and they're gone. You're not that good that you think – if they were, if you said they were odds-on favorites to go into the World Series and this was like you, you're just going to, you know, stamp it all the way, yeah, you'd do that, but they're not there yet. You want them to mm -hmm. get to the playoffs and you want them to do well, but they're, they're just – they're not that kind of club. Could they be dangerous in the playoffs? Sure. But, yeah, to, to, not for a rental, I wouldn't do it. I, I'd, I'd open up the checkbook and say, what do you want? You know, here it is. I, I, I would even be crazy. Like – the, what the Yankees did with Hideki Matsui and worked with the Japanese, uh, what was it, the the, the news channel or something like that, or the TV channel, and they oh, had yeah, that, right. and they rented the billboard behind, uh, what was it, right field that he played I, in? I, I think so, yeah. Like, and th that paid a good chunk of, of Matsui's contract. Like, you know, the advertising, the sponsorship. Like, if you could get a nice sponsorship with Shohei over there in Fenway Park. Well, first off, I would sit there and the whole green monster. I, I would I would sell that to Japan for for advertising, <laughs> and then and and then for and then I would throw a ridiculous number, and the and everyone's like, oh, he's gonna be it's gonna be uh, five hundred for ten years. No, I would sit there and flip flop that. I would go a hundred mil. Uh, a hundred million a year for five years. I think I wrote in my article the other day. It's five or six years at fifty-five or so a year. Uh, um, I, I, I would go crazy. It's not my checkbook. I would say it's well, certainly I, not mine. I can tell you that. Yeah, I, I'd be like, dude, Shohei, we're gonna bring you in for five years. He's gonna look at me weird, and I'll be like, hundred million a year. You know, the thing to remember too. He's he, he's. He, He's the greatest two-way player the world has ever seen, okay? Um, at some point in his career, he's got to make a decision. What am, I, what am I? My guess is he sticks with the bat, you know, because that will bring him the most money in the mm -hmm. long haul. Um, you know, that could be coming up in three years. You don't know, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, smart teams will look at that. And I think the Red Sox are going to look at it and say, that's why they, I wouldn't be surprised if they said six years, $60 million, right? A year. All right. That's $360 million for six years. Okay. If you get that out of it and then you still got a little bit left in the tank, he'll make the money on the other side without a problem. But mm -hmm. I did 10 years. I mean, you, 10 year contracts are dangerous. And last year you saw what happened in the off season. Everybody was getting 10, 11, 12 year contracts. Those never work out. Those Padres, the Padres are are, are kicking them. Oh that's goodness. why uh, that's why Soto's is being names being thrown out there. Oh, they can't afford them. Mm -mm. They can't afford them. 
you know, he, you know, I'd empty four, I'd empty three. You know, he's he, you know, he's still not a free agent until what twenty five, right? So I, I mean, you know, he, I throw three three prospects and maybe a you know a big leader and a you know some kind of pitching prospect out there and say I'll take him. Because they, they simply can't afford him. They've got too much on the books right now, and they're all you know they're all you know either shortstops or third basemen. You know, and they're uh, trying hey, to find hey, places for them to play. Hey, okay, George, play GM right now. <laughs> You're talking to the Padres, and they said we'll take three prospects, a pitching prospect, but you got to give us Duran or Verdugo. Do you do it? Yep. I give him Which one? I, I give him Duran. Okay. Because if you give him Duran, presumably you have Rafael to take his place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or you keep Duval, right? Right. Um prospects, Mickey Romero, um Roman Anthony, and maybe Blaze Jordan. You know, that gives him hitting. Um, another shortstop, but a younger one that could be put on the right, the right-hand side of the infield, mm-hmm. uh, a, a power outfielder coming up, which is what they, what they want. And, um, you know, let somebody roam center field for them. And then as for pitching prospect, uh, don't know. Maybe, maybe Mata. Yeah. Know. Well, he's, uh, I think he's, on he's the seven day, back. yeah, I think he's he's finishing up his seven day IL. Yep, he's due to come so, back. So, but George, thanks for coming on, uh, helping helping us out here on the Pesky Podcast. Really enjoy, uh, you know, your time on here with us every time. I I appreciate coming on. I, I love I love being on. I appreciate the fact that you have me on. So thank you very much. So guys, check out all of our stuff on YouTube past interviews, past series updates, uh, head on over to all major platforms, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, uh, download our podcast, you know, and guys, not only do we have this interview, uh, we just done today with Jonathan Brands. Uh, we have a, a great Met series preview coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking about the 86 uh, World Series a little bit, and then we're going to be talking about the series, so... For George, for myself, thanks for tuning in to the Pesky Podcast.